hello 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 everybody i am back your host raider on spotify every wednesday seven o'clock of course we're talking about like i've always uh have uh, talked about this is a informative platform for designers or design professionals that work in the fashion industry um well i'm not going to make it exclusively for design professionals is everyone that works in the fashion industry so fashion professionals just to kind of bring information of what's going on in the fashion um industry behind all of what we see in uh, social media or the media that they spoon feed us um just kind of what goes on behind closed doors the nitty-gritty of um the fashion industry so I created this platform from working in fashion for over 15 years and working in New York City and working for private and public um, companies and uh, fashion design and the design category of sweaters, um, woven tops, um, denim, um, T-shirts, hoodies. Um, baby, junior, boys, outerwear, prints, graphic design, you name it. I've well-versed myself in the industries to be able to keep a job. So, um, as you all know, fashioners, it's always so weird for me when people say, like, you know how Nicki Minaj and I say bar, bar, fashioners, uh, I guess that's, that's what I've been saying to a hashtag, fashioners. Oh, uh, what's another one? Um, I, I, what people call oh, Mariah Carey say lambs. When did we start naming naming our listeners or our fans nicknames? But anyways, fashioners, I guess that would say, or hustlers, which I like to call um, anyone that's working in New York City because. <laughs> You probably have, if you don't have three jobs, you have a part-time job. All right, so let's dive into it, people. As you guys know, it's New York Fashion Week. It's the Fall Fashion Week um, in New York City, 2019. Um, and they have the greats like Tommy Hilfiger. They have um, Michael Kors that's been in uh, a part of Fashion Week uh, for over 20 years. They have... Um, Vera Wang, another pro, another vet. Um, and they have some new talent that was, um, you know, uh, advertiser introduced or highlighted this year. Um, to me as a whole, Fashion Week was a, a epic fail. Um, it appeared that everything was about social media, and I get it. Um, I was expecting more glam when it comes down to social media because, you know, everything that's glittery looks good. Glittery looks uh, shiny or resilient looks good on um, the camera or through the lens. Um, I think the blondes definitely in their rare form, uh, what they always do. They delivered uh, what, you know, their customer was pretty much on point. Celebrities, they had Paris Hilton um, uh, skipping around the the stage with 
uh, a glitter, a glittery leotard. It was a production. So I think that beyond, you know, their costumey um, clothing, which we probably already have seen through the lens of Terry Mugler or Chris, um, um, John Galliano or Alexander McQueen, um, it was just very theatrical and it was a show. So I will give them the blinds. Actually, I thought it was on their customers. It, it, it's what they do. So it was easy for them. So, yeah. So, all right, moving on to Vera Wayne. Oh, by the way, guys, in solidarity, this episode is dedicated to the victims of 9-11. We will always remember you. Okay. All right. So Vera Wayne, I thought that her <clears throat> runway show is pretty much typical to what Vera Wang did. It was very dark. Um, the clothing were actually the, uh, exceptionally made, actually made very well. But that's to be expected from a, a brand like Vera Wang. Um, I didn't really understand if she was trying to tell a story. The whole layout, the whole ambiance, the scene, the environment was beautiful. Um, it almost like it had this haze in the air, um, elevated platform. Um, but the clothes were, you know, it was kind of drabby uh, for where we, where I think we are in fashion right now. Um, at some point, I think I saw like a marigold or a, um, a, a mustard color against black. I mean, you know. Pretty dress is well made. I will give her that. Tommy Hilfiger is back to his always using um, the Apollo and the area of Apollo to sell his clothes. I remember when in the 1990s, it was this big thing uh, about like he was saying about the urban community and streetwear. And that's basically who um, kind of solidified his brand and put him on the map. Um, so he was in Harlem. It was a very 60s and 70s inspired, um, you know, of what people think that Harlem was jiving and, you know, um, you know, uh, get down and boogieing in the streets. Um, it was a cool scene. He had people beating drums um, and just it looked like a video shoot. And um, Zendaya was a part of it. Uh, I just thought that it was very reminiscent or pushing forward to what he always go to, which is his core audience or core uh, or using a certain area for a look that he's trying to portray. But beyond that, I thought that him and Michael Kors actually uh, their collections were very similar. They were it kind of read all American 60s, 70s stripes, the mustard rust stripes. And it had the the two color gingham plaid. It had a lot of plaid. It had a lot of mock neck turtlenecks. It had a lot of wide legs. Um, it had the they both had safari look. To be honest with you, if I had two both collections, and I was able to produce a show or combine them, Tommy Hilfiger, Mark Jacobs, which would never happen. But I'm just saying that's where it looked looked like the designers quit one and went to the other, and so. With that said, had I had all those pieces in one room, I would be able to make a much more cohesive fashion show than both of them have. I don't know what's so innovative about, you know, snakeskin, a snakeskin suit. I mean, 
you know, what what's so innovative about that? Uh, Mark Michael Kors, I guess it's his resort wear, or you know, it looked very nautical and it looked like something he had already done again. But both of them were very on target of who their customer was. They kept it to uh, kept it clear, and um, there you go, Mark Jacobs and um, Tommy Hilfiger. Now, Christian Cowan, I just still don't understand. I don't understand why y'all are still feeding into this bullshit. Let's get another one for him. That's exactly how the clothes look. I understand that he's trying to... Um, captivate the new customer or the instant you know the, the social media customer the influencer the celebrity i just think that he's doing a very poorly made way of going by it it looked like it always about to fall apart it's just it's just it's, it's just i don't get the vision i don't get the cohesiveness of it i don't get who the customer is i mean if she is an influencer i just think that these are one of the pieces of shit that jot down the runway in New York Fashion Weekend. We see them and they're a big deal because Beyonce wore them. So, you know, designers, you know what I'm saying. Um, Laquan Smith, very weird. Didn't understand at all. Not going to even spend that much time on it. But other than giving him just exactly what I give Kristen Conner. Foolish. And these Instagram people, these these perfect, these people that, you know, do, you know, come from social media, nothing against them. But you probably should team up with somebody that understand technical before you, you guys send a whole bunch of just fabric down the runway. That's trending because leopard prints and all kind of cheetah prints and different colors are, 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 are trending, you know, like, really? Pretty little things. I don't know what hot mess that was, but I guess this deserves a. Because little Kim looked like she was uncomfortable. The 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 whatever she they put on her from Saweetie um, collection was a mess. It looked like she was uncomfortable. She was holding her stomach. Uh, the clothes just was very Barbie looking and it was very confusing what the concept was because it, I heard, uh, someone say that it was supposed to resemble or give a, um, clothing that you can basically go to bed in after wearing all day, go to bed in. I don't know who would want to go in to sleep in the clothes that they wore all day, but I suppose Saweetie do that, and I would assume some celebrities do that too, because upon hearing this, this is the second person today, one girl said that she's sleeping her makeup two days sometime, and I'm just like, wow, you know, so I guess there is a market for it. Now, there was one um, show that I thought was really cool. I guess it's Pierre Moss, P-Y-E-R-M-O-S-S. The reason why I said it was cool is because I thought that they took chances. It was very innovative. Um, there were some um, 
customized prints. There were customized characters and just different things, fabrics that he used and um, trims that he used to make interesting characters or things that resemble elemental um, design. But it was very cool how it was put together. It was kind of streetwear meets, meets sportswear. But um, I think that out of everybody, actually, that was my favorite one. Out of even all of the big ones, um, because all I really really saw was a lot of polka dots um, and things. Serena Williams. Not going to even waste any time on it. It was a big mess. It was confusing. Didn't know who the customer was. The models all looked different. You couldn't really um, tell who she was, what the customers was, where she was going, or where she would wear this to. The fabric choices was wrong. It was no cohesiveness. It was just a crock of shit. But you know what? You get what you pay for. I'm going to put it like that. And also, you know, you need to open up a little bit and see what's out there instead of going with where you can get a deal of who you know. It was garbage. The worst thing that you could have did was let Nike brand your name. Because why are you a the world famous, the number one athlete in the world as a woman and the number one woman tennis player in the world, well, maybe not now, but anyway, over the years, and you let another company brand off of you and make way more money than you can even imagine with your own fashion line, which is garbage. Stop it already. Focus on tennis, your baby, or try to get your brand from Nike so that you can sell sportswear, which makes sense, and at leisure athletic wear, which makes sense since you're a since you're an athlete. Okay. But which what also was very weird. <laughs> and I know you guys saw this, and I know that you guys had the same um expression or reaction that I had, which was why are they putting sprinkling these little why are they sprinkling plus size models in these fashion shows like we don't even notice it and there's one or two three or four maybe none on the men's side just women what point are you trying to prove that it's all inclusive okay nine times out of ten these high-end brand that was doing this i saw michael kors doing it i saw um Tommy Hill figured basically everybody sprinkled Serena Williams. You know, they all sprinkled like plus size. And it to me is weird. If you want to do a plus size fashion show and you want to make a splash and you want to be on top and innovative, how about do the whole fashion week is plus size. If you want to make a stand or if you want to be different, which I don't think is that goddamn different because, you know, it's a woman and she have a real woman curve. She's a real human being. But if you want to make a difference and you want to be innovative, a scene for N plus size model, make the whole goddamn fashion show plus size. I'm just saying it was weird. And um, I guess it was Fashion Nova what Saweetie was in, Pretty Little Things. They went even far as making a, uh, a, a junior size and a plus size and having both models mirror each other and walk down the runway, which was totally ridiculous. And if I was the other, the plus size models, I would have not walked out because the plus size 
version was ill-fitting. It looked different. It was all different in other places, and the girls were uncomfortable and constantly fixing themselves coming down the runway. Bullshit. Bullshit. Like I said, if you guys want to make a big difference, then you need to realize who's here, and it's not just skinny women that's here. Oh. Rihanna. <sighs> Rihanna did her Fenty thing. I'm sorry. That woman is beautiful and sexy and ooze of sex appeal. She can't really do nothing in lingerie that's going to ever turn me away. So, yeah. There you go, Fenty Savage, Rihanna. There you go. That was for you. All right. There are some things that I want to acknowledge from the previous episode about tariffs. And it was about tariffs, fast fashion, and what to do when you are faced by an office talking about layoffs, a cut, a cuts, or a boss saying, are you hearing them saying these tariffs? Which I feel like a lot of times it can be true, but sometimes these owners are so filthy rich with credit and insulated with cash that this is just a ploy and something just to use to cut costs and lay people off and get shit done cheaper and hire design assistant or assistant designers and paying them $35,000 to do work that's worth $85,000. So listen closely. I want you guys to really understand this because when I really got into fashion, you know, it was in, uh, when, well, New York City. I got to New York City in 06 and the market crashed in 08. And if I didn't diversify my portfolio and, be, and take any job until I really learned how to do it, then I wouldn't have never worked. It was basically a flatline industry. And uh, just like kind of right now, um, but more rapid than stores and a private, we, we went from having private companies everywhere to kind of no one existing. Um, at 539 7th Avenue was mostly all fashion. 1400 uh, Broadway was all fashion. Now it's all tech. Just so that you guys understand what climate that we're in and it, and how you need to move. And um, the biggest thing, I would always tell people or anyone, any anybody that's working in fashion, that's a technical, that's in technical design, what you should do is probably start thinking about branching out and contacting these designers on Instagram that have these fucked up um, garments that they're sending people with horrible construction because everybody's saying they're a designer because they're on Instagram. So I would reach out to them and let them, you know, send them your resume and let them and, and, and tell them you can work remote or, or work on projects for them and, and see where it goes from there. Because I understand a lot of people that are technical or older people and uh, sorry to say, but y'all know what it is. It is what it is. They are harder to learn when it comes down to modern software. So it makes them antiquated. Yes, I said it, antiquated. And the way that they move in the modern day workspace is also antiquated in a lot of ways. I'm just saying. But I love my uh, my my senior, my my more seasoned veteran. Shout out to him because a lot of them taught me who I am in the workspace and I usually get along with them better. So, from a design standpoint, when you start hearing, oh, we're going to make cuts, you know, we don't have enough money. You start seeing people getting let go, laid off. You know, first thing you start to do, 
usually people feel when they're going to get fired or they're going to get laid off. They can feel it. First thing you're going to start doing, or what you always should be doing, is continuously drawing and looking at what's going on in fashion to follow the trends. You should always be looking at classifieds or job postings just to see what's out there, just to see what new technology um, companies and and people are looking for, and and that's a requirement for you to have so that you're well versed. You know, you I believe in YouTube University, and I ask a thousand questions. If you ever work for, with me, I ask a lot of questions because I do not want to leave not knowing what I'm doing. So there's basically videos for everything. Um, once you you know start working on your your portfolio, diversify your portfolio. Don't just stick to knitwear. Don't just stick to sweaters. Don't just stick to denim or woven tops or sportswear outerwear. Diverse, this is the time to diversify your portfolio and diversify your skill and to reignite some of those sketching abilities so that you can see how it looks in you know different forms. Or how about now this is the time for you to actually apply for what you really want to do. I know some people that are in this that really want to be in woven addresses. This is the time to do it. This is the time to do it. Diversify your portfolio. And once you do that, apply for every damn job everywhere. Every job everywhere. The good thing about applying, and like I said, I have a very, a pretty much diverse um, portfolio. Um, and the good thing about it is you get to see what's out there. And if you have a good portfolio, you get to travel and interview and make connections. And just traveling and interviewing and sitting in a place that you probably would never see. So apply for every job. And sometimes when it comes to applying jobs and, you know, I know some people have been with jobs for five and six years. Oh, well, it's it. it is what it is. No one said that you're going to keep a job for, uh, forever. These companies, number one, first and foremost, uh, obligation is to themselves and keeping money in their own pockets. Right? So spread your spread your wings. You know, and if you are in design, learn technical. Maybe you want to go into the technical realm of it. You know, just stay on your feet. So, yeah, I think it's just when when I got when I saw everyone losing um, their jobs in uh, 2008, it was very scary because it was like, oh, my goodness. Um, And it was it was a trickle down effect. It was slowly but surely. I remember. um the button factory start closing. Then we had um, we had vendors like Marolio Fabric Companies that you can go and sample fabric yards. They had showrooms. There were um, embroidery places where you can go and get your samples embroidered. There were places that you can go um, get your stuff riveted, put rivets on it or grommets on it. I mean, it's once the, once all of those people start to close and get priced out of their places in New York, their storefronts, I knew it was a change. And sweaters was something that was constant, constant online in the um, early 2000s. Because it was a, it's a specialized skill that people did not have. And it was virtually impossible to get a job in sweaters so that's what i went into because it was something that was sought out the most and i felt like it will probably have more longevity because people were like dogs and vultures when it was a design job because it's not like sweaters sweaters you have to bring your yarn and it's virtually starting from nothing 
so diversify diversify your portfolio you know work on things that you always want to do or this is you know if you're in your 20s and your 30s and you say you you know what i want to be a lawyer a doctor i want to do real estate which is big right now people listen to me if you're in your 20s and 30s or 40s or whatever real estate you know sometimes you don't even have to put your own money in it you can probe you can do probate sales for find people and sell for them like a ten thousand dollar profit I'm just saying there's money out there and there's other ways and there's other things to do other than the fashion industry and be abused by people telling you that you might be lose a job or your salary might go down or this is what you to expect uh, for this position. Peace of mind over money. Okay. So guess what, guys? We have something special today. I actually was wondering how this was going to end up. I have been putting emails out there, blasts out there, everything out there to basically see, get somebody to talk to and be brave enough to come behind the shadow. I told you about a friend that I felt like was too coward or just didn't want to give information um, to come out of, come out and let's talk about this. This platform is for us. I am willing to talk about it. I mean, this is what it is. This is the industry I'm in, and I feel like I can talk about it because I pay my dues and I've been working at this this for a very long time. So if you can't do what I do, then you know what? This ain't for you. Oh, before I forget, guys, please subscribe to my podcast on Spotify Podcasts or follow me on Anchor FM. I'm also on Breaker Radio, Radio Public, and also Google Podcasts. If you have not followed me on Instagram, please follow me on Instagram at the Fashion the Fashion Furious Podcast. Also on Twitter at the Fashion Furious Podcast. Also on Facebook at the Fashion Furious Podcast. I got something for you guys, a treat for you guys that I actually got in over this weekend. And here we go. You know what that means. I got something to share with you guys. I got an email from a lady named Becky. She wants to stay anonymous. She works in New York City. Um, and she worked for a public company in New York City. And there was some stuff going on in her job. She didn't get a position. So here we go. Hi Raider. My name Hi Raider. My name is Becky. Thank you for creating this podcast. I have been thinking about when is time's up for the fashion industry and you brought it to this podcast in podcast form. Okay. So recently a designer position opened up at my job. She she told me the job, but just for her, we're going to just say Blue Jeans Company, you know, just for her anonymity. Currently, I am an associate designer at an NYC public label. Naturally, I would like to advance. When this job posting went up, those of us who would like to advance internally applied. I have a work friend named Eunice. We take lunch together. We have drinks together 
and occasionally shop on the weekend. Okay, they take lunch together. Um, they have drinks after work, and they occasionally shop on the weekends together. About a month ago, she she became very distant. Like, I felt she was deliberately avoiding me for lunch because I would go to her desk, and it was like she was always gone. And someone told me, and someone is always telling me, you just missed her. After about three weeks of missing her, vacay time. After, after, wait, after about three weeks of missing her, vacay time, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, okay. So things, different conflicting schedules, okay. I finally see her from a distance, leaving 10 minutes before we usually take lunch. With my boss, I flipped out in the inside, and I had to go to the restroom to compose myself. Okay, jump into conclusion a little bit, huh? Okay. I came back and proceeded to ask questions, ask around. I found out Eunice started the new position a week ago that she did not even want to, that she misled me, that she was not interested in, that she started a week ago. And she know all of my excitement about the position. One of my coworkers informed me that this would be announced at this Friday's staff soiree. I feel ner- very nervous because, one, I confided with her about personal stuff. Two, she knows I dislike certain things about my boss. And three, she knows my personal business. And she may tell my boss, even when it's things about me being late, how should I handle this? Well, number one, you did the cardinal rule that I don't usually do until it's very it's very special people. I usually don't let people get close. It's very it's very few people that I usually hang out with after work and it's the real people. Only because I feel like people try to extract information from me. I remember when I was working in, um, I was designing in the Southwest, uh, in Florida. There was this girl that kept asking me, hey, do you have drugs? Do you have drugs? And at first, you know, me being black, I said, you know, in my head, I got like, oh, girl, just because I'm black, that doesn't mean everybody black doing drugs. It kind of laughed at all. And so, you know, the whole party kind of, ha, 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 you know. So she asked me again. And I just kind of ignored her. We were at another function, and she asked me again. And I had to embarrass her. I had to say, look, ex, I told you, don't ask me this shit. We're not the same age. I'm not your equal. Do you do drugs? Do you need drugs? Don't ask me this shit again. So I don't know what that was about, and I didn't know what she was trying to do. But had that come out or she made it up, it would have not been her best interest to bring that to any management because everybody saw it. I made an example about her to make her stop and to be respectful. So, no, I think there's a line and boundaries that you need to uh, draw with work people. And unfortunately, lunch is cool. I understand we want to vent. And nothing's wrong with venting. Look, everybody talks shit about everybody. We have the right to do it. We work around each other. Sometimes people piss you off and ask for stupid shit that they don't even want to do or they're too lazy to do. So we, we have the right to talk shit about people. You know what I'm saying? But it's, 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 nothing, it's nothing deep. It's just talking shit. You know what I'm saying? But, you know going out to drinks people spill the beans sometimes when they go out to drink i think it's always safe to stick to two drinks 
you know, not no Long Islands, you know, two glasses of wine, that's cool, and go on about your day. This is New York City. Why are you trying to get lit anyways? You got to go to work um, and shopping on the weekends. If, unless it's a... Unless it's my friend and we're really cool and it feels like I'm hanging out with my friend and not a co-worker and I can be myself. Or unless I'm not hanging out a co-worker like with that. With, I'm not hanging out with a co-worker like that for shopping other than it's a, if it's a paid thing. So I think you kind of opened yourself up for that. And you may be young, so I understand that. She knows that I dislike certain things about her. Well, too late. Guess what? If she's your friend or if she is a person that's an adult, she may not bring this up, but people can be petty. So she might use that against you. Just being honest. To to wedge a divide between you and your um, boss because now it appears that she's your boss. <laughs> and you're probably going to be getting some direction following down. So right now she's just probably trying to fill out her position. She know who you are already and she's probably just holding meetings and seeing who's who and what and, and, and seeing what, what who do. You know? And she knows about my personal business. Well, that's something that once again you let yourself you led yourself into baby girl. You fell into that trap. So the only thing that you can do is wait for it to come out. And by I say wait for it to come out, um, address it as soon as it come out. Don't be a coward. Don't try to cower away from it. You know, uh, deal with it head on and, you know, and just let her know. I don't want to take this any further than this. We were friends when I confided in you and we were on the same level. Not my boss. We're going to look past that and we're going to look forward, you know, and deal with it as that. I wish you the best of luck when it comes down that. And this should be a rule of thumb to everybody. When we have these positions. I know, I know, those who know me, I have been very guilty of talking, been very opinionated and saying what I'm saying a lot of times because I don't I don't have any faith in leadership of the people that they put above us. And I sometimes wonder, how in the hell did you get this position? And how are you, tr you're trying to describe something to me to do something to me that you don't even have a clue of what you're doing, so you can't describe it to me. So I have to be a mind reader. So no, I don't have any damn respect when it comes down to shit like that. You know, so I speak my mind. And I may speak my mind about certain people. And we, are, we, we all have the right to speak our minds. One second, people. So that's how that goes. And plus, you never, you never really truly, you know, people can be vicious in this fashion game because they feel like, you know, they want to shine when they're at the associate or designer position, which never fucking matters because these people are making, the leadership is making so much money, it doesn't even matter, you know, to what's going on with them. So, yeah, that's what it basically is. I mean, um, you just have to be very careful with these jobs to always cover your ass. I mean, you know, um, I, I had to learn the hard way. One thing I did learn was always CC my boss. Always write, take impeccable notes, write everything down because you never know when you're going to be questioned. You're going to be asked for something. Always, always follow up with your overseas vendors. Always ask for ETA. Always ask for, you know, uh, CC all of their people on it. Always ask if they're clear. These are things that you learn as you move forward in the fashion industry. So, until next Wednesday, 7 p.m. on Spotify Podcast, Radio Public, uh, uh, Radio, uh, Breaker Radio, Google Podcasts, Pocket Podcasts, Anchor.fm. 
look for us again saturday i mean uh, 7 7 p.m excuse me people 7 p.m wednesdays spotify podcast thank you y'all the fashion series podcast in the world.